0: the topic of my talk is how to train while dying. How to train while dying. That sounds really heavy, doesn't it? So we're talking about the teaching of the five forces. And I talked about this teaching of the five forces in the previous episode. So if you're listening to these out of order, um, it's going to be to your benefit to go listen to that, that one first, Okay. So, we can use the teaching of the five forces even at the time of death. That's what the teaching is here. These instructions we're going to talk about today are about when death is looming from terminal illness or old age, you know, when those situations where we know we're going to die, which plenty of people know they're going to die before they do, right? And that is what these teachings are for. When it's not for when death is sudden and unexpected, you can't, you, I don't know how you would come to the power of the force of planting positive seeds if you are suddenly in a car wreck, right? So that's not what this is about. But we are going to talk about the five forces as they relate late to dying. So I'm going to talk about the force of planting positive seeds. And remember, the five forces are the propelling force, the force of familiarization, the force of regret, the force of planting positive seeds, and the force of aspiration. And I'm going to talk about the force of planting positive seeds first. So the idea behind this is We can give our possessions away as acts of generosity when we are aware that we're going to die soon. We already know that we can't take things with us, so giving things away is a good way for us to generate virtue and merit. Uh, There's an old Hebrew proverb that I really like that is, uh, there are no pockets in burial shrouds. There are no pockets in burial shrouds. And that's just a way of saying, you know, you can't take it with you, right? And I'm reminded of, I'm gonna date myself, but when I was a teenager, uh, there was this t-shirt company called No Fear. And if you're a Gen Xer like me, you might know it, but they would have t-shirts that would say, like, not really controversial things, but you act like you're cool because you're wearing it. And, um... I don't even know any examples of that besides the one I'm going to tell you about, which was a t-shirt. It says, no fear on it. And it says, he who dies with the most toys still dies. He who dies with the most toys still dies. And I don't think there was anything else insightful in that clothing line in their things they put on shirts. But that one is what I'm thinking of here. It's the same as there are no pockets and burial shrouds. The point is like, if you're just trying to build wealth and that's all you're trying to do, that's sort of a life wasted because in the end, you're not going to be able to take a single cent with you when you when you die, right? So really, you just need enough to live and to take care of your family and you don't need any beyond that, right? So we can make the world a better place by planting seeds of generosity, And also, if we develop this ability to just give things away, then we aren't clinging to things so tightly. So then, hopefully, it's a little bit easier for us to die. Easier for us to go through this very difficult thing, right? When you aren't leaving quite so much behind for others to figure out when you're gone, that probably helps. That probably helps. You know, I think you could probably read stories about people who like had no will that they left behind at all. And the relatives are just fighting over their things or struggling to decide what needs to be thrown away. What's worth keeping what's worth money. And even to find out what they had, right. There can be all sorts of struggles. I do advocate, uh, writing a will to everyone, but, uh, the point is a lot of trouble can be left behind very easily if we do not prepare for death. And one way to prepare for death is plan out where your possessions are going and give things away. Plan out where your possessions are going and give things away. Uh, so next I'm going to talk about the force of aspirations. And I'm going to read to you a passage from The Power of Mind by Kendra Lodrote. And this is about setting intentions and dedicating merit. Okay? So here it is. This is what he has to say about. The Force of Aspirations, and I quote, During the days and or months leading up to death, dedicate merit and make aspirations daily. Think about all of the virtue you have accumulated and are still accumulating, all of the positive things you have done, even the virtuous actions you may have forgotten. And think about all of the good things you would like to do in the future. Imagine the limitless number of positive actions made by other sentient beings and by the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the past, present, and future. Gather this vast accumulation of merit in your mind and then dedicate it to all sentient beings, praying that they be freed from suffering and never be separated from temporary and ultimate happiness. Throughout the dying process, dedicate merit in this way and make aspirations, in particular, Pray that you will never be separate from relative and ultimate bodhicitta and that in your next life you will again have the good fortune to meet with a qualified spiritual teacher and receive teachings such as these so that you can continue to work for the welfare of beings. So, we want to set an intention to, to die wisely and to even at the time of our death still have relative and ultimate bodhicitta that's that's what we want to do that's the best thing for us because if we're manifesting bodhicitta at the time of our death then we're not as, as scared and that you know death can be very scary so manifesting bodhicitta at the time of death is a really good thing for us so next i'll talk about the force of regret and for this force, what we want to do, the regret we're talking about is the regret of self-clinging. So what we want to do is reflect on how self-clinging has caused us to suffer in the past and will continue to at the time of death. That's if you're scared, if you're afraid to die, as many of us are as I am. That's that's just self-clinging. Right, self-clinging, fear the unknown, I guess. And So for the force of regret, what we want to do is just reflect on how self-clinging hasn't helped us. And the hope is then maybe we can not do so much uh, self-clinging now as we're entering the final stage. Because if we're self-clinging at the time of death, then death is going to be way scarier. And that, I think that's the most, to me, that's my favorite message in all this is that if you're clinging to yourself at the time of death, death is going to be a lot scarier. And if you're not clinging to yourself, maybe it won't be scary at all, right? So that's something we can think about that. So next I'll talk about the propelling force. And that is just, uh, I think we should take a vow to never be separate from bodhicitta, the mind of awakening, even in death and potential future lives. Take a vow, just say, Just say, I vow to never be separate from the two kinds of bodhicitta while dying or in my future lives. I vow and saying so saying it out loud gives it power. You're speaking it into the universe. I will never be separate from Bodhicitta, I vow. And that's something that that propels us. If we declare it out loud we don't like to break that. Whereas if we just think about how we're going to cultivate bodhicitta, that may not mean as much to us uh, in our minds. So we want to just say it out loud, speak it into power. That's the point of that. And so next I'll talk about uh, the force of familiarization. And that is we want to go over the teachings again and again so that we make sure we recall all the insights that practice has brought us. Remember, all of this is about helping us suffer less. And when we, maybe the most want need to suffer less is at the time of our death. So we want to go over the teachings again and again. So that we recall them. So that we have them in mind when we are passing away. So. Those are the five forces while dying. So I'm going to now read to you from the book, The Power of Mind by Kentroldo Lodrote, And I'm going to redo a section on reflecting, reflecting on training while dying. Okay. So I'm going to read this to you now. And I quote, Strive to generate a keen awareness of death throughout the day in order to live your life in relation to death. In particular, whenever you remember death, reflect on whether you will regret your current actions or rejoice in them. Likewise, consider if you were to die in this moment, would you be prepared? Have you done the work on your mind you set out to do? In addition to practice, the best way to prepare for death is to have your affairs in order while you are healthy and well. This includes creating a will or trust, making a living will, also called advanced directive, and finding a secure way to communicate all the information about bills and accounts that your designated loved ones will need to access at that time. Have conversations about it. This is one of the greatest acts of kindness for your loved ones. Then, if you die suddenly, you don't leave a confusing mess for them to figure out. This is a true gift of generosity. Likewise, if you're diagnosed with a terminal illness, you can focus on spending quality time with loved ones and doing mind training practice instead of dwelling on paperwork during this most precious time of your life. So that's it for today, and I hope this talk has been helpful. Have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.